Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. In 2015, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, created a podcast for his readers that centered on a subject that should be of vital interest to Christians everywhere. I'd like to play that podcast for you now because its message is both informative and essential. It's called A Time of Fire. Here's Lincoln Steed. A few days ago, I stood next to what looked like a rain-filled basement sunk deep into the green spring grass of a low Texas hilltop, called by some to this day Mount Carmel. It is all that is left today of the Branch Davidian compound after federal agents opened a general assault on April 19, 1993, and a fire ensued which killed 82 of the Davidians, 18 of them under 10. The few who crashed through the flames to escape went on trial and several got 40-year prison sentences. You might think that the developing cataclysm over 41 days, which eventually engulfed them, would have been sufficient to break the spell of their very unique take on biblical prophecy. But like we Seventh-day Adventists, from whom they had decades earlier separated, they expected a turbulent end time. And while they were fearful, they were convinced that their troubles were the final time of trouble. They were wrong. It was instead a tragedy that they themselves helped to precipitate. And yet in one regard, they were right. And we ourselves must concur. These are the end times. Somehow we must do what that sad band of generally well-meaning but out of touch independence failed to do. We must see the times for what they are. And we must avoid preemptively declaring them to be the end of the sequence. We must particularly avoid indulging in self-fulfilling actions that will alienate even fellow Christians. And yet, we must heed our Lord's command to watch the times for signs of his near return. And we must remember that it is ultimately not about us, but about how we can cooperate with God's plan to reveal himself to a dying world. I must tell you that from a religious liberty perspective, the day is well spent and the approach of night is already comprehensible. In the Middle East, particularly, we are witnessing a general persecution easily characterized as the greatest since the days of the early Christian martyrs. It certainly brings to mind our Adventist pioneers take on Revelation chapter nine. All around the world, religious antagonisms are resurfacing and escalating. Buddhist, Hindu and animist play round robin games of persecution that are sometimes joined by elements within Christianity. And in the twilight of global communism, there has emerged a radical secular animus for all faiths, a phenomenon seen as strongly in the US and Canada as anywhere else. In the emerging struggle between gay rights and religious liberty rights, we here are seeing this most clearly. 
In April of 2015, headlines all across the nation bannered the news of state religious freedom acts or RIFRAs. On one level, it was not a news story. Seventh-day Adventists was part of a large coalition of other faiths and civil rights groups which carried the original RIFRA through to a 1993 federal law. It was necessary then to shore up basic religious freedom rights after a disastrous 1990 Supreme Court case which upheld a ban on aspects of Native American religious ceremonies on the basis that the law was of a general applicability and not intended to restrict religion. Unfortunately, that same Supreme Court held that RIFRA could only apply to federal agencies and employees. So, religious liberty activists began to work with state legislators to enact RIFRA on a state-by-state -state basis. The Indiana case that hit the headlines recently was the 20th state to pass such a law but it became a tripwire for open opposition from the gay rights supporters. It should be obvious that there is potential for these generally applicable laws granting gay rights to actually restrict the ability of those with biblical sensibilities to speak and act according to its moral norms. We need RIFRA protections. And yet, gay rights advocates say that such laws will be used to empower Christian opposition and denial of their rights. They are partly right because Christian activists have increasingly attempted to add language to RIFRA, which would allow them to refuse service to gays. It seems likely that the Hobby Lobby case, in which the Supreme Court exempted that family-owned corporation from providing to their own employees medical insurance that they objected to on a religious ground, that this has spurred this intention by some, even though this tends to go beyond the scope of the Supreme Court case. Whatever the direct cause, it is now certain that RIFRA has degenerated into a blood feud between competing gay rights and religious rights. The wild card in the discussion is something liberty has long cautioned about. The assumption that the US is a Christian nation or a Christian government. It was once a majority Christian society, but even that has changed. We are now back to where the early Christians were, living in a prevailing pagan secular culture and called to witness to it by example and entreaty. But it goes even further than that. Senator Santorum, a devout Catholic and a man of personal integrity, shocked many by declaiming that, in his words, Protestantism is absent in America today. He was right. And it should be self-evident to all Adventists who read the Bible and have followed the great controversy again taking a salutary lesson from the Davidians and their alienating style and pronouncements. We must simultaneously know exactly what this means for end time events without degenerating into ad hominem attacks on Roman Catholics and their interests, which are to be protected and respected under the First Amendment of the Constitution. Pope Francis was the first ever Pope to address a joint session of Congress. This is huge on every level, not just for Adventists, but we should take note of the Pope's agenda.
The Sunday family rest day has been a familiar topic of his of late and appeals to many people with its emphasis on social renewal and a certain millennial calming. It is not the Sunday law, but likely a very direct precursor. Remember the central reason why Adventists and all who treasure the Constitution should be uncomfortable with the joint address to Congress. It may appear as just a huge courtesy, but even the Dalai Lama was bumped from his invitation to speak because of political considerations. The present Pope of Rome may be a nice man, but the institution he heads is the very antithesis of the US constitutional norm. He is both a head of state and the head of a church. This is a mortal peril to the principles of the American Republic. It must be said that Roman Catholics are presently emerging as leaders for religious liberty and even as proponents for church-state separation. But as with much that concerns religious liberty, the difference is often in the definition used, the way the word is used. No one is openly against such an admirable concept as religious liberty, of course, but Rome has given an odd structural twist of late. Under what is called subsidiarity, she holds that there should be, yes, separation between church and state, but that the state is subsidiary to the church. Further, I myself attended a major event where Roman Catholics were told that there is far too much emphasis on individual conscience rights and not nearly enough on the corporate rights of the church. We've been there before and it was not a nice trip. It may be coming again too because the latest buzz term used by the church and government leaders is that we must all work for the common good. It sounds good, but it is too easily leading us to see the individual or the minority as inconvenient to this common good in times of stress. These are challenging times, but times of opportunity at the same time. People want to think for themselves, not just what they are spoon-fed. I heard Cardinal Dolan, head of the US Catholic bishops, speak on religious liberty before a Catholic university audience. He is an engaging figure and very open in his style. Halfway through his presentation, he paused, looked around at the audience, and then said very deliberately, you know, there was a time Roman Catholics would not have spoken this way about religious liberty. We once held that error has no rights. His audience was shocked. The next session left the listed topic and the panelists were engaged in answering a flurry of questions and explaining just what the Cardinal meant. The attendees had to be told that this was indeed the historic position of the church and that it was Vatican II in the 1960s and the document Dignitatis Humanae, which changed everything. That answered their questions. But what nobody commented on was that the previous two popes had rethought much of Vatican II and with growing conservative support had begun to turn the clock back. Much hinges on how well Vatican II holds. This is a time of fire. Globally, it is truly a time of revolution 
and reorganization. It is a time of rapidly shifting social and moral norms. Even our own church is teetering from crisis to crisis. It is a time when the US is rethinking such issues as freedom and security. It is a time that surely the Bible prophets saw dimly and wished to see for themselves. This is our privilege. Let's use the opportunities to reach out to the inquiring world and explain ourselves now, not from behind a security cordon later. Let's participate in the great religious liberty proclamation, which differs not a bit from the great gospel commission. Let's revive ourselves now and lift up our heads, for surely our redemption draweth nigh. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine and his 2015 podcast, A Time of Fire. Until next time, this is Charles Mills inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Bye.